This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So, uh, tonight we're going to be talking to somebody who, who's here because YouTube's algorithm is really creepy good. Um, so, I was scrolling my feed, and you can imagine what my feed would look like. It's a bunch of political stuff and then some, you know, crazy prepper stuff and all of this, you know, just stuff that you would normally associate with, with me. And then there's a video that keeps popping up telling me how to get past the plateau when my hair stops growing. And I'm like, well, that's weird. But it showed it to me a couple of times, and I'm like, you know, YouTube's algorithm's pretty good, so I'll go ahead and click on it. And then I clicked on some of the other videos, and sure enough, it was just showing me the wrong video from the right channel. So that brings us to tonight's guest. If you want to introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? I am T, a.k.a. the Nappy-Headed Jehovah, and based on Bo's story, uh, I've done quite a bit of different types of content over the years, needless to say. Uh, so after, you know, I guess you did beauty and fashion stuff, but the one that caught my attention was one that said, well, I'll let you get to it, but the one line in it was like, and I know people are going to unsubscribe and get mad for me interjecting this kind of content onto the channel. And it was about Biden. So tell us about that. And I want to know what prompted you to to start talking about it, to, to open up to politics like that. Before I answer, your voice, once you started the recording, has sounded really garbled in the mic. And I'm just worried that your audio and your end is going to record that way. And... Is there a way for you to like check playback for yourself just to make sure you can actually use all of this? It's not, but let's see if that helps. Because it sounded normal before, but once you started the recording, it sounds like you're going through a voice scrambler. Uh, yeah, I'm way out in the boonies, and it actually, <laughs> once the recording starts, it, it takes a while for it to catch up, but... You know, honestly, when it comes to these videos, nobody's really here to hear me anyway. It's okay. That, <laughs> they want to listen to you, and and you sound fine, so we're good. <laughs> All right, if you say so. Um, well, in any event, to answer your question, I uh, over the past year and a half or so, I was just getting really bored with my channel content in general. So I was starting to branch out from just doing fashion, beauty, things like that, to talking about more social issues, kind of a racism, white privilege 101, so to speak, because I've gone to predominantly white institutions most of my life, and therefore I have a lot of white friends who have no idea 
what my actual day-to-day -day experience has been like. They have no idea what kind of challenges and things I face. And uh, I just kind of wanted to get some things off of my chest because I was feeling extremely unfulfilled talking about things as frivolous as lipstick and hair only. I still like talking about that stuff, just not all the time. And, um, you know, uh, there are definitely more important substantive, substantive things happening in the world. So that's continued to evolve. And um, while continuing to explore those, those larger social issues, uh, being an SJW, I suppose, um, this election, this primary has been something that has been looming, but something that I didn't really know if I wanted to touch exactly because it's one thing to talk about broad things like, even racists will pretend to think racism is bad. I'm not going to lose subscribers if I say racism is bad. But if you actually start endorsing a particular political candidate, it's that old cliche, you know, never talk about religion or politics. So uh, the urgency of what I have seen happening in this primary in terms of the treachery and machinations of the DNC and mainstream media I just felt it on myself that I had to do something, that I had to say something after Super Tuesday because I was fed up, quite frankly. I'm, I'm just tired of seeing the same things happening that we saw happen four years ago and that we've seen go on, frankly, for far longer than that. And I've only got one YouTube channel and one voice, but I'm damn sure we're going to use it. Nice. Nice. And the gist of that video was... Biden is not my man, basically. I mean, I mean, short I would be version. Putting it kindly, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and then I didn't get to watch it, but you did a live stream here in the last few days that was. I noticed that one percent was in the title. Tell us what was. <laughs> Sum that yes. one up for us. Yeah, I've been doing uh, Saturday Night Lives <laughs> every week since we're all in quarantine, anyway. And uh, we've all got more time on our hands, and it's just a nice way to kind of chat about things in a, in a little bit more real time than necessarily I would be able to with a regular YouTube video where I have to edit it and whatnot. And I've just been noticing that ever since the pandemic began, there have been so many pandemic profiteers with these corporations and companies all of a sudden being even more predatory in their capitalism and in their practices and in the ways that they're trying to exploit people in a very vulnerable time where people are much more inclined to shop to self-soothe, to make reckless decisions, just in that F it, YOLO, I've already lost my job anyway, like who cares? And I just felt it was so predatory uh, because of the inundation of emails I'm getting every day that I wasn't getting before all of this started. I'm getting emails from companies that I haven't even heard from or purchased from in five, 10 years. I'm like, how do you even still have my email address? And you're contacting me now about free shipping? That's your offer? Get out of my face. So um, it just really irritates me. And if anyone should be, if you have the funds and you don't, if you actually are able to pay your bills and buy food right now and you have funds to spare, don't kick it upstairs to corporations. Support local businesses because they're the ones suffering, not Nordstrom. Nice. All right. <laughs> so that's what that was about. Okay. Uh <laughs> Uh, I guess I will. I guess I have to go back and watch it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so you said you did a, a white privilege one hundred and one. You want to give us a crap uh, real quick? Well, I mean, it's not like one particular video. It's just a, an ongoing theme of trying to, I, I guess, thematically 
with any of the videos that I do where I discuss uh, issues of privilege and inequity and things like that, I try to have patience because I know a lot of my audience is obviously going to be a lot of black women because people want to watch people who they relate to and who look like them. So that is my core audience. And I want to speak up for women who are pretty much across the board, underrepresented and often marginalized. I mean, black women get the short end of the stick far more often than is warranted. But that's not the only people watching my videos. And I want to try to help them understand the perspective and the experience that we're facing because I have this little platform, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, that old hip hop credo, each one teach one. I don't necessarily begrudge anyone for not understanding my perspective because I say all the time, the only perspective that you can have in your is your own, but compassion lies in trying to understand perspectives that are not your own. So if someone is trying to deny my experiences as a black woman, as whatever, then that person's getting blocked. It's pretty easy. It's actually been very convenient to do culling by doing these <laughs> videos and figuring out who needs to go. So I know some people have probably unsubscribed from me because they still want me to just exclusively talk about hair conditioner. But uh, I mean, I think we kind of get it by now. Like, I think we all know how to braid our hair at this point. <laughs> nice. You know, you, you kind of hit on something. Um, you know, there's some of the videos I do, you know, that I'm like, this is really for 5% of my audience. <laughs> it's like 5% of the people that are going to watch this, it matters to. Yeah. But you're right. If you have a platform, you kind of have that responsibility to, if you can get a message to that 5%, get it out there. Yeah. Um, Even with my just, first Biden video. Yeah, thank you. Like that first Biden video, I had no idea that that was going to get shared and circulated the way it did. I don't think I've ever had a video hit over 100,000 views that quickly ever. Like I'm very used to having a very like blue collar kind of YouTube channel because it's a side hustle. You know, it's a hobby for me. It's just something that I enjoy. It's not my career. Um, so that was very surprising to me because I felt I was doing, I was taking a pretty big risk in doing that again, don't talk about religion or politics, but it's like, listen, if this can convince five people to talk to their parents and grandparents and convince them to not vote for Biden, that is worth losing however many subscribers to me. Like I, I this is not my living. So, you know, it, it's just um, sometimes you have to use, you know, a platform that can reach infinite people really once it's on the internet it can reach pretty much anywhere except china um, but uh even if that platform is in theory infinite sometimes you need to talk to a small portion of it absolutely absolutely right um so you've uh, you've been watching i get uh at least know a little bit about my channel. Is there anything you would like to say to the people on my channel? Um, I feel like you probably have a very dope audience. I don't really go down in the comments too much because a huge part of I'm a writer and producer and director. So I tend to make a lot of content for like corporate YouTube channels and whatnot. So I just know how dark things can get in the YouTube comment <laughs> section. Like if you want to lose, if you're feeling really good about life and you want to destroy that, go and read some YouTube comments. Um, but I imagine, nonetheless, that across the board, because like I'm very lucky to have a very 
for the most part. You're always going to get a couple bad apples. I've got a very wonderful YouTube audience, and I really appreciate them, and I feel like we have our little parasocial family, and it's wonderful. And I do think a big part of that is attracting what you are. So I imagine that you two have an amazing audience for the most part. You're always going to have a couple of <laughs> Um, but if I could say anything to your audience, I think, uh, and this is just something I've been thinking about lately, particularly because of this, uh, this debate as if Biden is viable, but anyway, um, have the courage to have compassion. I think people think of strength as being this bully and a strongman type like Trump or like Biden used to be right now. He's a shell of a, he's a husk of a man, but um, the truth is strength, empathy is not for the weak. It really isn't. Having compassion, having empathy, having sympathy, these things are not for the weak. In fact, uh, you have to be strong to have those things. And I, I really hate that there's this perception and this rhetoric of hyper-masculinity being equated with being cruel and callous because that's just not the way it is. I like it. I like it. Um, so, is there? Uh, how are you dealing with being stuck at home? Being stuck there, or are you staying home? Are you doing what you're supposed to? <laughs> yes. I mean, I do have a dog. You might have seen her skulking around in the background. I do have a dog, so I have to take her out a few times a day, and I still have to, you know, go to the bank or to get groceries. Like, So I'm probably, like, going out-out to do things like that maybe once a week because, you know, I still like to eat fresh food while we still have it. We're still somewhat pre-apocalypse. So I, uh, I have been mostly staying home, and to be honest with you, it's not a huge adjustment for me because other than maybe going out for drinks and dancing with friends on the weekend and going to my gym, which I would do pretty much every day, I can't do that. So I'm working out at home. The dog is just like, what the hell are you doing? She usually leaves the room. And beyond that, it hasn't been a huge adjustment because when it comes to uh, you know staying home and avoiding crowds, I, that's my lifestyle. I've been training for this my whole life. So it hasn't been that bad for me. And I'm lucky because I'm self-employed. So typically I'm home anyway. As a writer, I'm usually doing my work right where you see me right now. So what do you write? I write shows. So, uh, I mean, I'm not supposed to say the type of jokes that I write, but they rhyme with sick and it starts with D. Mm -hmm. And I uh, have been mostly doing digital content for the past several years. So I write a lot of... Uh, explainer type shows if you've ever heard of the show i don't write for this show i'm specifically choosing a show that i don't write for it as an example but adam ruins everything that sort of show where it's just like why is this like that i'm the person behind shows like that very cool yeah very cool. that's surprising so your channel is literally a hobby and now i mean it's not a small channel though no, uh, it was definitely um, treading water for a long time there because, you know, again, how many videos can you make about braiding your hair or whatever? But uh, once I started talking about things that were more important to me, I feel like people noticed. Ironically, when I decided to start making videos as if no one was watching, people started watching. And it's cool. I mean, it's great to feel like um, people are interested in my rantings because <laughs> that's a surprise yeah that's 
actually very, very relatable. <laughs> this, yeah, this was not supposed to turn into what it did. Um, glad it did, but yeah, it was a surprise. Right. Um, so here's here, <laughs> yeah. So here's one question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Um, what is one thing that people can do in their own community to make the world a better place? Um, I would say have the courage to work for a reality that you may never live to see. Because, you know, I'm fighting for a lot of the things that my ancestors were fighting for, and we still ain't got them. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. So if it comes down to making YouTube videos that five people watch, maybe one of those people is going to tell another person, and maybe that person will tell three people, and eventually the message will spread. But don't give up on good. Nice. Nice. Okay, and I just uh, kind of realized that we were talking about that video as if everybody had seen it, and we're saying don't. You know, you're saying don't vote for Biden. Um, <laughs> we might we might want to like kind of stretch that out. Who who uh, who might they should vote for? Uh, who would you recommend? Who else would you recommend them not vote for? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I made it clear that I don't support Biden and he is of course repeatedly being called the presumptive nominee because let's face it, the numbers don't look good for Bernie, but um, people are like, so does that mean you're going to vote for Trump? And I'm like, have we met? (laughs) Is that a real question? I can't even dignify that with response. Of course not. Um, But I mean, I am, I am clearly a Bernie bro. I mean, this is what we look like. Textbook Bernie bro. And I think uh, one thing that's really irritated me about this entire primary as the, you know, the Whoopi Goldbergs of the world and the Alyssa Milanos continue to help put the fix in to force Biden down our throats, uh, the worst part perhaps is this false equivalency that people who refuse to vote for Biden are somehow responsible for Trump getting four more. Uh, nobody owes Joe Biden their vote, least of all me. <laughs> I don't owe Joe Biden my vote, and that does not mean that I'm going to go vote for Trump instead if, if that's who it comes down to in November. Uh, I am privileged enough to not be in a swing state. So from an ethical level, I don't have to be guilted or shamed into having to hold my nose and vote Biden. Like, I, I don't have to do that. He'll win my state regardless. However, I don't necessarily agree with anyone doing that either, because that's just playing the DNC's game. Again, trying to dismantle Master's House with Master's Tools. The whole thing's got to go. <laughs> so I don't really try to tell anyone how to vote, but I am trying to persuade people to not just hold their nose and, and vote for Biden because it doesn't have to be this way. So let's assume the DNC gets their way. You're definitely not, you know, saying to vote blue, no matter who. The most inspiring slogan I've ever heard in my life. Right. (laughs) Here, please accept this mediocrity. (laughs) The, uh, 
So would you suggest people that are not in swing states vote third party if they're not in favor of Biden? Do they stay home? I, I never I never advocate staying home simply because as a person of color, people literally die for me to have rights like voting. So I have voted in every election that there has been since I became of age and I will continue to do so. You know, I do hear rumblings of a write in Bernie campaign. I don't really know what the answer is. I'm still kind of trying to focus on this battle before the next one, which will be the general. I'm just like, maybe Bernie can turn things around because I do feel that Bernie still has a very energized base, but voter suppression is very real. Even today, the day that we're recording this interview, there was the Wisconsin Democratic primary. And of course, the GOP in cahoots with Joe Biden's campaign Force the primary through putting everyone at risk. And uh, I believe in Milwaukee, they went down from something like almost 200 polling places to five just because polling place workers were just like, you're not going to catch me putting my health and life at risk because because just because you guys aren't smart enough to delay or do a mail-in primary. But things like this, I mean, it's just voter suppression by another name not to mention having insane lines. We, people keep talking about how young people aren't showing up for Bernie. They're not showing up for Bernie. I also don't know if that's necessarily true because one, you can just say that and then people aren't necessarily going to vet it and prove that that's not true. People don't usually actually go and follow up on that data. Uh, and two, there is voter suppression and that even here in California, here in Los Angeles where I live, I remember on Super Tuesday when we voted, the lines were longer than I can remember seeing, except for, oh, maybe 2008. Interesting. Um, something, And I also suddenly had a new polling place. So there's all sorts of weird things going on. Luckily for me, I vote by mail. So I actually just take my ballot to my polling place. But I was just looking at all the people in line like, sucks to be you. And then I had friends who were waiting in line for three, four, five, six hours, which is unheard of here. And again, I think it's much more likely to suppress young voters' ability to vote because even if they go to the polling place and then they see that they have to wait four hours, how many 25-year-olds do you think are able to just blow off work and wait in line five hours to vote? Zero. Zero point zero. Maybe people who are older, you know, our favorites, the boomers, maybe some of them have a little bit more time. Maybe they're retired. Maybe they have more flexible schedules because they're in, you know, more higher up positions where they're able to actually take off time to vote. Frankly, everyone should be able to take the day off to vote, but we're not there yet. So in any event, all of these things make me wonder if there is any way out of this primary where we aren't going to come out with Biden on the ballot. It seems like the Democratic Party and the DNC, like, as I said, the fix is in. So that's very disheartening. So come November, if it is um, Trump and, and Biden on the ballot, which is what they, they seem to want, I'm not out here trying to tell anyone how to vote. I'm not trying to tell anyone to stay home or not. I mean, that's not my place. I do not call myself an influencer, and I will not let anyone else call me an influencer, but I do realize that people tend to... Uh, value the opinions of the YouTubers they like and perhaps who they dislike. Uh, and I feel like that would be irresponsible of me to say, go do this just because I have a YouTube channel. So it's really up to each individual what they do on that day in November. I mean, God only knows if we're still going to have a planet in November. 
because she's getting rid of us, clearly. But um, for me, I will be voting in November, I guess mailing it in rather than dropping it off at my local polling place. But uh, I don't see myself voting for Biden on that day, regardless. I'm not voting blue no matter who. Okay. I've got a question because I'm hearing you talk and I'm, I'm just what, – what is your perfect world? What's it look like? Not like this. um i it's it's almost hard to imagine because it's so different from what it is now i mean i don't it's interesting because people always say oh the american dream from rags to riches that's one of the most misquoted things of all time it's from rags to respectability and there's far too few people who are even able to achieve that particularly millennials like me who have now lived through or well we're living through the second like two of the greatest financial crises of the past century um it's ridiculous uh the 2008 recession and now this one really just out of control to to experience in such close proximity for for one generation to go through you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um but i do want to see a world where people don't have to die because they can't afford to go to a doctor or because they got sick and then couldn't afford to pay their bills and went bankrupt. I mean, you're talking to a person who doesn't have health insurance. I just have to hope I don't get sick. Uh, I would like to see a world where people are paid fairly, regardless of what type of job they do. You know, it shouldn't be a thing where minimum wage means you're constantly struggling to make your ends meet. You should be able to take a day or two off a week. It shouldn't be like, unrealistic to have one to two days off each week and to still be able to live a life comfortably where you're able to put food on the table and not constantly be chasing your tail. Uh, The world I want to see is one where the average person gets to live a reasonably lovely life. It doesn't have to be private jets. It doesn't have to be, oh, I must live at the airport because I'm so booked and busy and I'm always like this sort of fetishizing of uh, being a famous YouTuber or influencer. I mean, I don't even understand wanting that, quite honestly. Uh, I just want to have money because I want freedom. And I only want enough money to have freedom. I don't need a gold toilet. Well, yeah, that's, you know, it's one of those things, and it's it's hard to explain to people who have who have that economic stability. Yes, they didn't have that. That freedom is gone. The freedom that a lot of people enjoy when it comes to well, I'm going to go do this for the weekend. There are people that would have to stay for six months to go do that for the weekend. Absolutely, and it's, it's hard to get that across to people at times. Um, but so from what I'm hearing, most of your major concerns are economic. Um, is that fair to say? I think those are at the front of my mind because of our current situation, because I'm seeing so many people lose their jobs and unemployment rates are skyrocketing. And it's all centered around these core issues of medical care and lack thereof. But in terms of, you know, just racial inequities, that is... That is a very long video <laughs> because the world I want to see when it comes to that, we ain't got the time. <laughs> right. it, needs to, it needs to be a page one rewrite on how I would like to see the world change with regard to the treatment of black people, period. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even have a summary on that one. That's well, a long it's thing, a right? long, It's a long thing, and it's, I don't even know if it's something that can even realistically happen, <laughs> you know? I think um, at least by starting to create more economic fairness, that will at least affect the predicament that Black people face, because indisputably, most Black people are poor to begin with, you know? It's just... Uh, there hasn't ever been a chance for us to really thrive because the I think Don Cheadle uh, said this, America's birth defect is slavery. And we've never as a people fully been able to recover from that. It's like, just because you see Will Smith doesn't mean we finally did it. You know what I mean? Um, and it's difficult because I think a lot of people are still feeling that they are personally attacked Anytime a black person brings up our plight or bling, brings up something like white privilege, like, well, if I admit white privilege exists, then I'm guilty. So I'm just going to deny that it exists. There seems to be a weird dynamic like that. So, I mean, if you want a summary, I think that would be step one is stop denying our experience and giving us this bootstrap rhetoric as if um, we're imagining these things that are happening, things like redlining and uh, obviously everything going on with the prison system as it is, which is just slavery 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can definitely see from a pragmatic view, the economic issues, the lack of generational wealth, all of this stuff definitely feeds into perpetuating a system that at least on the surface, everybody would like to see go away. Yeah. I mean, whether or not everybody actually feels that way is a different story, but yeah, a lot of it is definitely lip service. And, uh, I think it's, uh, encapsulated really well by something to the late Tony Morrison said, she said, if you can only be tall by having someone else on their knees and there's a serious problem. And that is pretty much what we're dealing with in a nutshell. Okay, well, now that's depressing. Uh, tell me something funny. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that went way off. Uh, so let's, uh, let's see. Okay, so we talked about your channel. Do you have any projects or any, anything you want to talk about or anything you want to plug? Uh, I do avoid talking about my professional work because of fear of being doxxed. So... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't do that. But um, no, I mean, just if you guys want to check out my YouTube channel, it's much appreciated. I also have a Patreon where I do private streams and it's a little bit nicer because the chats go slower and I can actually see everyone and respond to them. And it's just a, it's a good time. All right. Well, give everybody the name again. Yeah. The, I mean, I have... I wasn't thinking about this when I came up with this channel name, but it's perfect for SEO because if you search it, you're going to get me. Uh, my channel is called Nappy Headed Jojoba, and that's N-A-P-P-Y-H-E-A-D-E-D-J-O-J-O-B-A. -E -E yeah, yeah, that's definitely one that uh, it's one of those terms that you're going to have to say that a lot, especially if you're talking to, you know, 
that are viewing it because they're not going to say it. They're going to be like, I'm going to make you say that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I've had people be like, is it racist if I say your channel name? And uh, I don't know. I got in a sick, twisted way. I kind of like watching people squirm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so any parting shots, anything you want to get out there last minute? I don't think so. Um, just uh, once again, the whole like liberal snowflake, that's a, that's a bunch of BS. Compassion is not for the weak. Empathy is for the strong. All right. All right, everybody. So that's the show for tonight. Uh, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good night.